Testing one, two, three. Amen. 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 Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the tabernacle. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Right now, let's let's take off the clothes of stress and strife that have held us down. Let's let it go so we can freely praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Welcome to everybody who is joining us online via Facebook and YouTube Live. Isn't it wonderful that throughout all that's been going on, the Lord has made a way for us to still get together and hear his word and praise his name. Amen. 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 Let's get excited this morning. Hallelujah. This is another opportunity to hear his word. Amen. Another Sunday that we have made it, that he's kept us through, that he's protected us, that he's provided for us so that we could hear his word. And that we would get a word that's going to take us through another week. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to uh, open us up in prayer. And then I'm going to read our scripture. So for all of you that are at home, like I just said here, drop all the stress and strife so that we can pray freely. Amen? Amen. For those of you who are here in the sanctuary, if we could all stand. Let us say glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah to our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for allowing us to come together in your name. Thank you for giving us another opportunity to hear your word. Lord, prepare our ears right now to hear your word. Prepare our minds to understand the words you have for us. Most of all, Lord, prepare our hearts that they would not be stony, but would be fleshy, so that you would write that word on the fleshy tables of our hearts. That we would leave here edified, transformed and renewed, encouraged, and prepared to encourage one another with your word. Thank you, Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for leading us to this house of worship. And for always having a word prepared for us. Christ Jesus, we ask that you would touch the hearts of every member, member of this church. We ask that you would help us to witness to your glory and your honor out there in the streets. That those who are lost, those who are confused, those who don't know where to go or what to hold on to, that you would point them to us and we would in turn point them to you. Give us a word to give to them that shows your love, that shows your authority, and that we get out of the way, that you would get the glory, and they would understand that faith and trust in you, Christ Jesus, is what this world needs. Watch over our leadership right now. Rebuke the spirit of conflict that is going throughout this world, that there would be peace in the name of Jesus that this world would, hallelujah, have peace and be still. We thank you, Christ Jesus, as we start this month of April. 
towards Resurrection Sunday, that you would be glorified. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. I'm going to read from our scripture, which is, we, we are approaching Palm Sunday, but we're still going to read scripture about Palm Sunday, amen? I'm going to be reading from John chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 12 through 15. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna! Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's colt. Amen, amen, amen. And as we go forward in this month, study those scriptures. Study about Palm Sunday and resurrection. Then we may have a fuller understanding of his word. Amen. Now, without further ado, I'm going to welcome the shepherd of this house, our elder, Jonathan E. Ford. Amen. Can we welcome him? Good morning, and God bless you. Come on, let's take advantage of our standing. Let's put our hands together. Come on, let's open our mouth. And let's offer him the fruit of our lips. Come on, can we give him an audible praise? Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Son of God. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. To the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you today. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. An audible praise. An audible praise. Come on, talk to your God. Open your mouth. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we thank you. Yes. Yes. I will bless the Lord. I will sing praises. I will offer the fruit of my lips. He's my God. He's my Savior. He's my soon coming King. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My soul rejoices. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name forever. How wonderful and great is the name of the Lord. How excellent is your name in all the earth. Heavenly Father, we look to you now. We turn our attention and our affection to the holy mount of God. Speak to us out of Mount Zion. Cause your word, cause your voice 
to be declared, made known, publicized throughout all the earth. Holy Spirit, speak to us now. As we have gathered in this place, as we have gathered in and among the people of God, hallelujah, bless us with a word of God. That we might be encouraged, that we might be uplifted in our spirit, renewed, hallelujah, in our Christian faith, that we might journey forward, that we might not get weary, that we not fall by the wayside, but press onward. Hallelujah. The great apostle said, I press towards the mark of the high calling. God, renew the press in us. Renew the press in our spirit. Stir the unction of the Holy Spirit again. Hallelujah. That we not become weary in well-doing. That we not grow faint, weak, and fall by the wayside. But today, let us be renewed. Hallelujah. Let us be encouraged. Let our spirit be revived again. As we look forward to the great approaching day of our Lord, when he shall return. So we bless you today, Heavenly Father. We exalt your name, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place and into our bodies. Hallelujah. Have fellowship with us. Cause us to leave this place changed and never more the same. This is our request. And we make it known in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen again. If you have your Bibles, we're going right to the Word of God. This morning I'm in the New Testament. I'm coming from the, the book of Acts, the second chapter. I'm going to read verses 40, 40 through 46. Also going to be adding to the witness this morning. Out of the book of Hebrews. Chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. I invite everyone in. It's in the vestibule in the waiting area. Feel free to come in. Hey, Todd, that Bible there is Brother Joshua's Bible. Make sure he gets that. Anyone else in need of a Bible? We have them available. If you have it on your phone or your iPad, again, I'm inviting you to turn with me to the book of Acts in the New Testament, the second chapter. It's going to be verses 40 through 46. We're going to stay in the New Testament and add to the witness out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Amen? And what we did this morning during the power-up, and allow me to say this before we get into the text, I really want to encourage you. So glad to see so many people out this Sunday morning. Uh, but I really want to encourage you to come out for the power up. Um, it was during the power up that we read our scripture was we read all of Acts chapter two up to verse 39. And it provides the backdrop and the context 
for what our sermon text is going to be this morning. So again, just encouraging you, make the effort to come back out and get here for the power up. Um, it leads and adds to our worship experience. I'm going to pick up at verse 40, read down to, um, actually I'm going to read to the conclusion. I said 46, but we'll add 47 in it as well. Amen. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them. Again, in the power of what we showed that this is the conclusion of Peter's sermon. Okay? Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, and again, we rehearsed most, much of that this morning during the power up. And it says, with many other words, he, being the apostle Peter, testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received his words were baptized. And that day about 300 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had a need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen? Well, let's add to the witness out of the book of Hebrews, familiar passage. I'm going to add 23 since we're there. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Amen? Verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. If you walk long enough in the Christian faith and in fellowship with Jesus Christ, there is the possibility of beginning to waver. Amen? And if you don't, if you don't believe me, we can ask Peter himself, because when Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water, he was doing what? Fantastic. But something between the second and the third step, I don't know, maybe the third and the fourth step, something about his faith began to what? Waver. And he was doing it. He, was, he wasn't talking about doing it, nor was he watching. So Peter was doing it. He was literally 
walking under the authority and power of God himself. He was defying the natural laws of gravity. But step by step, instead of growing stronger, he grew what? And his faith began to, and before the next step, he started to what? Go down. And so let us not be presumptuous in our faith that we can do this thing by ourselves. Each step, each step, each journey, each day, while our hope is to get better and our hope is to get stronger, there is the possibility. I wish I had a witness. I know y'all never stumble. All, all y'all, you never have a day off. You're always on. You're always under the anointing. You're always flowing. But let the pastor tell the truth. Some days your faith, what? That's why the Hebrew writer has to write this and says, let us hold fast to our comfort. What we have said about God. He said, hold on to that. What? Let we waver. Why? Because it can happen. Look at someone and say, to the best of us. Come on, you may be seated all over the sanctuary. This morning, my intent is to provide some context for some and hopefully for many more to answer a common question or a common experience or feeling that has been shared by many during the pandemic. That's what I want to do. I'm going to ask, I want to address uh, a question that I have received. I'm sure you may have received it, heard it. Some of you may have been even the ones asking. But I want to do it uh, in using theology and what I want to talk about this Sunday is the Greek word kornonia. Okay, I think they have it up on the big screen for us there. You want to jot that down in your own personal notes. We realize that much of our Bible is written in Hebrew and in Greek, primarily Hebrew in the Old Testament and primarily Greek and some Aramaic in the New Testament. But there is this word called cornonia, okay? And we want to talk about that this morning. One thing that the pandemic and technology has spurred in a large number of churches is the widespread availability of live-streamed Sunday worship services. Churches have spent more money in the past two years investing in technology from audio and video and internet access. As a result of being shut down and locked down during the height of the pandemic, and we're grateful and thankful now that uh, rates are so low and hospitalizations are so low, uh, that now more and more folks are coming out, but in the height of it, churches, like many other institutions and organizations, invested significant dollars. Uh, and, uh, and we also were a part of that in upgrading 
uh, our technology so that our services could be live streamed. Before the pandemic here, we recorded our Sunday service for viewing later on our website. However, because of the pandemic, we have, like many others, like I said, upgraded our audio and video capabilities to now allow for live streaming of our Sunday services. Like many of you chiming in today or on YouTube Live or Facebook Live, and we welcome you. Thank you for joining us. However, many of you have commented to me personally, while viewing the service online is great, it, and it is some way not the same experience. Many of you have uh, begun to venture out and return to the sanctuary for worship because in spite of the availability of now having worship service available on your phone, on your iPad, on your laptop, many of us put it up on our big screen television at home and sat and watched on our sofa or from the kitchen or dining room table. And it was uh, an unbelievable convenience. But yet, it was missing something. One thing I can tell you that, in, in that if we look at that and we may think that's a new phenomenon, but in reality is not. Even before the onset of the pandemic, um, I know going to uh, a lot of uh, comp you know, biblical conferences and Bible conferences, pastor conferences, and one of the things that they always made available for a number of years, if you couldn't attend or if you were in another workshop doing with something else was going on, you could always uh, purchase that session, that service on DVD or CD, and therefore listen to it later. Listen in your car, listen to it when you got back home, whatever the case may be. And I think uh, uh, even during those periods of time, uh, those of us who that were doing that, buying, you know, the videos and CDs and all that type of stuff, we realized it wasn't the same. The experience was not the same. It was the same message. It was the same preacher. Everything was same, but yet something was different. Yet something was missing. And what was missing in your experience is what the Bible calls cornelia. Okay, don't be afraid of learning something in church, okay? That's how you come to church, you actually learn some stuff. What you were missing or, 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 or that void or the, or the thing that just seemed, yeah, it was good, but it wasn't like it used to be. And what you were missing is what theologians coin in the Greek phrase, cornelia. And so while viewing the service online is great, it's not the same experience as being in worship on the Lord's day, in the Lord's house, in and among the Lord's people, singing the Lord's praises, and gathered around the Lord's word. This is the refrain that I've heard over and over again. Pastor is just not the same. What is missed during an online viewing of worship Again, is what the Bible calls koinonia. So you are not strange. You are not odd. You're not, you're not a backslider. Man, I, man, I, see, like, I watch the service online and YouTube and all that. I would know. And, but you say, man, is something wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just missing koinonia. 
Okay? So here it is, koinonia. Koinonia is the Greek word, and it occurs in our Bibles 20 times. The primary meaning of koinonia is Christian fellowship or communion, both with God and with fellow Christians. Okay? Simply put, koinonia is when we gather together. Okay? And to clarify that, it's when we gather together in person. Okay? Koinonia, way before the internet, way, 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 way before all of these social platforms, in biblical times, what You'll see it here. We're going to work it out. What God used to develop and grow the church was koinonia. I wish I had a witness. And it's okay. And I, and I understand the response. I understand the response because I understand the days and times which we live in. Right? Now we do everything in isolation. We do everything from the privacy of our home and at our kitchen table and in our beds and in, uh, 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 at our desk. And, uh, we, have, we have become so comfortable, right, with removing ourselves from face-to-face or personal context, contact that now that has become the norm. I wish I had a real witness. I was in a conference or a workshop uh, earlier this week, and uh, it, was, it was a, it was a, a business-based, a community-focused conference. It wasn't biblical or Christian in nature. But one of the panelists talked about one of the effects of the pandemic and everything going remote and everything going online. She said the number of reported cases of uh, mental uh, illness, mental incidents. Here, here's the curve. She said it went, she gave the numbers in, you know, 2018, 19, it was this. She said, but during the pandemic, this is, watch the curve. She said it went like this. It skyrocketed. That's what she said. She said it didn't just go up much. She said that the curve bit like a rocket going up. And, and she said, and that was just of the mental cases that were reported. Imagine those that do not have technologies or able to get into care, how many suffered and, and have gone unaccounted for. They're suffering, we don't even know it because they don't, we have no way to track them, get their information, right? And so, that, that's what she was bringing to the conversation is that the cases of mental, and she said the number one driver that has, that has exacerbated this recognition of mental illness is isolation. The loss of human contact and interaction. I wish, yeah, maybe you know it already. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir this Sunday. But, but, but that, that, that's what that, again, that's from a secular perspective. But what I want to do is now look at this passage here that we have, Acts uh, 2, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 40. And I want to look at this, and I, I, want to get, I want to walk away this Sunday with a good understanding of koinonia. Okay? A good understanding. The first occurrence of koinonia 
in Scripture is in fact Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. That word fellowship, if read in the Greek, original Greek language, would be koinonia. Okay? They gave themselves to the apostles' teachings, to koinonia, to the breaking of bread, and also to prayer. Get this. If you get this, the whole sermon is hanging on this. Christian fellowship is a key aspect of the Christian life and journey. Okay? If I sat down now, I don't gave you the whole message. I'll say it again. Christian fellowship, koinonia, is a key aspect of the Christian life and journey. Believers in Christ are to come together in love, faith, and encouragement, which is the essence of koinonia. Amen? Okay, let's look at this text now. Let's work it out. We're here now. Let's work it out. So verse 40. said, And with many other words, he, being Peter, testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached the message of salvation to all who were gathered in Jerusalem. And he summed up his message. You know, every, every preacher got to have a good closeout line, right? That, we we got to get to that close and we ride that closeout so that people will remember the, 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 the overall message, right? And we close it out and we usually put a tagline on it that folks can remember, right? And so that, that, that didn't just start with T.D. Jakes or Billy Graham. Peter had that way long time ago. Peter done pre, I read it in the, in the, uh, in the power. That was his whole sermon, right? And then when it was time to close it out, he closed it out and he put a tagline on it, right? And look, this is what his tagline was. Be saved. Are you looking at this? I'll, if you don't have a Bible, ball, get a Bible. Look what he said. He closed it out. He said, and with many other words, he kept preaching and telling them, he exhorted them. But then when it got time to close, he closed by saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Okay? That's how he closed it out, right? If Reverend Scott was here, he would, he would say, I'm going to my seat now. And that's how he would close it out. Be saved, right? He'd say it over and over so you would remember the Be saved. Many today are preaching, but less and less, fewer and fewer are preaching the message of salvation and encouraging people to be saved. And why is this? You've heard it. You've been home, right? We've all, we've all done our own research, right? Because of the pandemic, because we're home, because we're viewing online, we're all doing what? The Sunday church hop, 9 o'clock this one, 10 o'clock that one. I talked to somebody at the beginning of the pandemic. They said, Pastor, I'm getting more, I'm going to church more now than I've ever gone. They literally said, I'm up from 8 to 2. I'm in somebody's church, sir. They were doing the church hop, right? Right? Not, we all were doing it, right? So, 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 so then you have that. But, and, and so we've been, we've all done our own research. Tell me as you do your Sunday church hop, 8 to 9, 9 to 10, 10 to 11, 12 to 1, 1 to 2, how many messages regarding salvation are you hearing preached today? 
Now we've got messages on how to get up. We've got messages on how to get out. We've got messages on how to turn it around. We've got messages how to survive the pandemic. We've got messages how, how, how to support the black man. We've got messages about everything coming forth out of the pulpit except the primary message, which is what? Get saved. Peter said, if you don't un understand anything that I've said, anything that I've mentioned, get this, and that is what? Be saved. Quiet bunch. But we got a lot of y'all out, but y'all ain't saying nothing this Sunday. Why? Why? Because your ears have gone dull to the gospel message. We now believe that all of those other messages are in fact the gospel. I wish I had a real church. I'll lighten up. I won't stay this hard on you. you, you get this. Our children may not know, but we know, and our parents and our grandparents know, when I was a little boy coming up in the church, the answer to everything was salvation. Folks would come into church and have an issue or a problem, and you know what the church mothers would say? You need to get saved. Brothers would come in struggling. Say, man, they tell the deacons, tell the pastors, man, I, I just need a job. If I could just get a job, I could get back on my feet. I could start working in there and take care of my babies, take care of my family. And they listen. And when they finish, when the, the brothers would finish talking, they say, they say, yeah, you need to get saved. They're like, yeah, before you get a job, you need to come to this altar and give your life to Christ. Then Christ would give you a job. They come in and play, oh, I'm sick. I got cancer and I got this. And, all. and then before, no one rushed them to the doctor. No, no one put gloves on my hands. The church mother was like, say, yeah, kneel right here and just start saying, save me, Jesus. The answer to everything was be saved. Why? Because it is the only message that matters to the human race. What the Bible said, what does it profit a man to gain the entire world? I wish I had a real church. I'm going to preach until you say something. <laughs> I'm going to preach until rocks cry out today, right? Again, we have gone dull to the purpose and primary aspect of the gospel, and that is to tell the world that the Savior has come. Tell them that God so loved the world, He gave His only. Why? That you might be saved. Why is that message of salvation so important? Let's walk the Roman roads. Romans 3.23 tells us what? All have sinned and come short of the glory. It, it starts by recognizing that we are separated from God by our sins. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm a sinner. Yeah, yeah, I'm a sinner. Romans 3.23 puts the weight right where it is. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. The whole world are sinners. Why? Because that's in the gospel. Right? But thanks be unto God, right? Come on, let's walk Romans. Romans 6.23 says what? 
for the wages of sin. I wish I had my real church. But uh, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I may be a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. I may be a sinner, but I've been washed in the blood. I may be a sinner, but I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? I'm saved. That, my friends, is the gospel message. It is sinner, get saved. Believer, stay saved until, until Christ comes again. Get saved, stay saved until the trumpet sounds. Peter summed up his sermon and said, get saved. Here it is, verse 41. It says, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, 3,000 souls were added to them. So we've got to understand salvation is the number one thing. It's the number one message. If we hear any sermon on Sunday, the majority should be what? About salvation. It's the primary thing. All of the other messages don't help you if you're not saved. So many, so many people today are ascribing the promises in the Word of God that are, that are specifically for the children of God that have accepted His Son as Savior. The Bible says all things work together for good. But they fail to realize what the rest of the... It said they all work together. For them that what? Love the Lord. I got folks I know that don't even love their mom by talking about all things work. It does, but not for you. Why? Because you're not saved. They work together for them that love the Lord and have been what? Called by God. But yet they quote all things. It does. But not for you. Why? You haven't done the first step that is required. Look at somebody and tell them, stop reading my mail. This letter has been given to the body of Christ. 
It is not for the world. Today you got more worldly people that know more about Scripture than believers do. The error of their ways, they think that every promise in here is for them, and it's not. It's only to them that what? Have been saved. Then all things. Ah, whatever. Either you get it or you don't. I'm finished with it. Here it is. 41. Those who gladly received his word baptized. So how can we be saved? How do we become saved and escape the wages and penalties of sin and eternal death? Again, staying on the Romans road. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him, him, somebody say him, has raised Jesus Christ, him, from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He's given you the answer to what Peter told him. Peter just told you to be saved. Now the Roman writer comes in and how you get saved, it's a two-part action. There is an audible confession. That's why I implore you, give the Lord an audible praise. Because one thing you must realize about your God is that we serve a speaking God. One of the stark differences between the God of Israel and all the gods of all of those heathen nations that surrounded them all of their gods were made out of wood and stone and gold and silver and never said anything. They never did anything. And if they ever moved, it was because human hands transported them. They were dead, dumb idols. But what was unique about Israel's God is that he was alive. And they could see his handiwork. They could witness his, and from time to time, they could hear his voice. Why? Because he's a living God. Thou shalt confess with the mouth, believe in thy heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Why? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Look at somebody say, that's how you get saved. That's the message we ought to be telling our friends, our family men. No, you don't need more counseling. No, you don't need more. What you need, like the old church mother says, you need to come to this church, come down to the altar, and get saved. Then your life can turn around. Then God can start working. Then all things can work for your betterment. But it starts with salvation. Salvation is an inward work of faith in you by Christ Jesus. After which believers make a public acknowledgement through their participation in water baptism. So grateful this year. Praying, meant Pastor Rogers, we're working on it. You know we utilize his baptismal pool because we don't have one. But Lord willing, we're going to be able to get to that at some point this spring, this summer. And we'll be baptized. I know many folks are on the waiting list because of COVID and all this other stuff. 
We weren't able to have baptisms in a num- baptisms in a number of years, but we hope to rectify that this coming spring and summer. Why? Because it's important. Because through water baptism, we make a public declaration that what? I've been saved. In our uh, uh, preparation for water baptism, we require our people to go through the water baptism class during which the primary purpose of the class is for an assessment to be made regarding what? Your salvation. So it's not merely checking the box, are you saved, yes or no. But we're going to start looking for what evidence. How many Sherlock Holmes fans I got in here? Sherlock always did what? He always followed the what? The evidence. Because the evidence won't lie. Watch this. The victims will lie. The perpetrators will lie. But the evidence won't ever lie. The Bible, look, I don't even need Sherlock Holmes. I use the word of God. The Bible said a tree is known by the what? It's the, the fruit is the what? The evidence. It proves what kind of tree it really is. So before you go down in the water, there should be some evidence. I wish I had a real church. The Great Commission tells us go and make disciples of all nations, doing what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. What are the all things? The Word of God. This is the letter to the church. Are you obeying it? Are you following it? Are you living by it? That's the evidence of water baptism. I know you just say in the old church, if there's no conversion, the old church pastor just to say, you go down a dry devil. <laughs> y'all too young, maybe. Maybe y'all too young, maybe. Maybe I'm older than I was. Hey, you just say, you can go down a dry devil and come back up a wet devil. Why? No, no, no conversion has ever occurred in your heart. You're doing water baptism. Why? Because everybody else is getting baptized. So I feel to be a part of the crowd, to be like everyone else, you do something you have no business doing. Except you've given your life to Christ. If you got it, say, I got it. Good, I'm finished with it. Here it is. Here it is. Verse 42, here's the real sermon right here. Here's the real sermon. So they gladly received baptized at 3,000 added, 42. And they continued steadfastly. The apostles' doctrine or teaching, fellowship, koinonia, right? That's all, that's all, that's all koinonia is the fellowship. Face to, the Bible says, uh, face to face, breast to breast, right? This is not online, but this is in-person fellowship. Doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread. I mean, you know, you can't break bread online. We love all the cooking shows and watching Rachel Ray and all that, and they do all that cooking, right? But when you sit down to eat, you can't eat with Rachel Ray. Why? She's somewhere in New York and you somewhere in West Philly. The only folks you can break bread with are those who are seated where? At your table. Oh, I wish I had a real church. 
seated at your table. That's who you really break bread. You may cook it with somebody online, but when it comes down to eat it, you can't eat with someone online. You've got to eat only with those that were sitting at your table. Look at your neighbor and say, sit at the table. Here it is, right? Right? All right. Fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayer. The reason why I'm encouraging all to come for the power up. Something happens when the people of God... Pray together in the house of God. I don't have the time now, but you need to read in Second Second Chronicles when Solomon dedicates the temple and how all of Israel, millions of people gathered at the dedication of the temple. And the fire of God came down. Right? This is what can happen when there's cornania among the people of God. This is what you'll see it here later. It says signs and wonders. When was the last time we have witnessed a, a, a wonder, a miracle in our midst? Yep, that's the right response. That's the right response. No, you're not wrong. That's the right response. And could it be because we have lost cornania? Because we have become so comfortable. Go ahead. Somebody say, leave it alone, Pastor. All right, I'm finished. I'm leaving it. Leave it alone. Either you get it or you don't. Here it is. I got to finish. 42. They continue doctrine, fellowship, breaking bread, and in prayers. There it is. Oh, good. Now I'm back on track. So verse 41 40, they get saved. 41, they get baptized. That's salvation. Here's the most important word in verse 42. Can anyone tell me or point out the most important word in verse 42? Shout it out if you see it. Good guess, because I am talking about koinonia, but that's not it. Continue, that's good, not it. Steadfastly, good, not it. Apostles' doctrine, good, not it. Breaking bread, nice, not it. Prayer, good, not it. What's left? Fellowship, we, we already knocked that off the list. So what's left? The very first word. And. Most important verse, most important word in that whole verse. I know many of you have jumped on apostles' doctrine. Oh, we corner near fellowship. Breaking bread, you got to do that. Share it with them. prayer. I've always, men ought to always pray. And get this, here's the whole sermon. If you get this, I'll quit. I'll leave it and you alone. 40 and 41 is what? Salvation. And what the first word of 42 does for us is tells us that equally as important to salvation is koinonia. Of course, he didn't say or. He said and. Now, you guys have sat with me long enough, and I try to teach you that and is not only an English word, it's a mathematical concept. Anytime you see the word and, right, 
For the implication is that both sides of the and are what? True. They got to be true. Because if either one of them are not true, then what? The whole statement is untrue. Right? Now go back, go back to your math. If you got, got enough young kids in here, y'all getting to that point in math. It's not only an English word, it's a mathematics. Now, if it were to say or, right? Or means either side could be true and therefore cause the whole statement to become true. But what, what Peter is saying here, he's saying and salvation, water baptism, and, and what? Koinonia. Why that word fellowship in the Greek is koinonia, what is expressed in all of verse 42, all of it is koinonia. Because all of it takes place inside the fellowship. Okay? The apostles didn't go into the temple and teach on the Sabbath like the priest or the high priest. Why? It wasn't for them. I told you, this is letters to you. They would stand in the temple courts. You know what that means? They stood outside the church. Why? Because they weren't invited. You got to know your Bible. They weren't invited. They were Jews, but they were ostracized because they start believing in this guy named Jesus from Nazareth. And some of them even said that he had been raised from the dead. So the closest they could get was on the outside. But wherever they gathered on the temple compound, wherever they gathered, what? Together, they taught the Word of God. They had fellowship, love, and encouragement. After service, the implication is they went to their respective homes and continued fellowship as they broke bread with one another. They had prayer in the home. They had prayer on the temple gathering place. And what? There was koinonia. Are you following me? If you got it, say, I got it. Here it is. I'm going to keep moving. I'm out of time. So 42, and koinonia. Look at someone and say, you got to have both. Then fear came upon every soul. And look at it, many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, first and foremost, signs and wonders were done by the Holy Spirit as a way of affirming or approving the apostolic ministry. So understand, that's why it was done first and foremost. It was God's way of proving that these men were his apostles, right? In like manner, Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ came and did all those signs, it was the Father affirming or approving that what? This is my what? My beloved son. That's him. I, everything he's doing, he's doing by me. I'm causing it to happen so that you will believe in him and that what? That the Father has sent him. And so just like miracles were done by Christ so that God could approve and affirm who he was, in like manner, miracles were done by the apostles 
so that all the witnesses would know that these, in fact, are the apostles of God. Okay? And so that happened. Now, now I'm at 44. I really got to hurry up. I'm behind time. Here it is. It says, now, all who, oh, here, here it is. Look at someone say, Cornania again. Look at 44. That's Cornania again. Look. Now, all who believed, let me translate it, got saved, baptized, what, were what? Together, fellowship, in common, Cornania again, right? And had all things in common, right? Look at someone say, Cornania again. 45, look, here, here, here was some of the out, the, 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 the effects of Cornania. They sold their possessions and divided among all as anyone had need. The level of Cornania was so great among the early church that no one looked at their own possessions as if they were theirs. All right, let me, let me go at it another way. This is how they came to church. They came to church looking to bless somebody. That's how they came, they, that's how they came to church. They, they wanted to see who came up for prayer. So that after the apostles laid hands, after the apostles laid all that, and when they, then they said, yep, you come in with me. We're talking about the old church. The old mother said, come down here. Get saved. I remember this. Now, I didn't get much of it. I got some. I didn't get much. Because it was primarily being uh, put forth by the church mothers, it often have to the little girl. Little girls would show up with new dress the next week and nobody knew where they got it from. The week before, all of the kids laughed at them because of the way they dressed. Next Sunday, they were the best dressed girl in the church. And their parents didn't buy it. I'm not telling you something I heard. I'm telling you something I saw with my own I went with I went with my, my aunt Les to 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 the nickel they used to call it the five and dime store. And I'd be like, Aunt Les, what are we here for? Well, I'm buying that little girl at church a dress. I'm like, look, I'm your godson. You ain't got me nothing yet. I'm like. And I got to drag around because I was their chauffeur. I had to drive around. I understand paying the bills. I understand going, why we got to go over here? We're getting her an Easter dress, Easter bonnet. Why? Because they came to church not looking to get blessed, but when there's real corner near, you come to church looking to give a blessing. So you don't look at it like, oh, this is mine. And then, no, 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 no. What I, what I have is yours. Your needs is. The Bible said weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. They had all things. In. When was the last time you went to church looking to be a blessing? Not looking to see who was blessed. That's what most people come to church for today. They want to see who, who, who's blessed, who's looking the best, who's shouting the most. And they mistakenly assume they are favored by God. I'm here to tell you, they're not. My Bible says, blessed are the poor. In I wish I had a real church. A real church would help me. A real church would know the Beatitudes and say, this is how God 
season. All right, I got to finish. I got to finish. Here it is. The shoulder preserve in the art 46, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, Cornelia again, breaking bread again, Cornelia ate their food with gladness. I'm here on 47. Here it is. I'm finished. Got so much more, but I'm skipping it because I'm out of time. Get 47. This is the, this is the importance of Cornelia. They said they're praising God because of what comes with Cornelia is the praises of God. Because, watch this, if you take the praises of God out of Cornelia, if you take the word of God out of Cornelia, if you take prayer and supplication out of Cornelia, you know what you have? You got a football stadium. On Sunday morning. You, you got, you got the New Orleans, the New Orleans Coliseum on Monday night. You got March Madness. They got all, they got everything they need for Cornelia. Did you watch the games last night? Thousands of people packed in. And they were all having what? Fellowship. But it wasn't around the Word of God. It wasn't with the people of God. You're following what I'm saying? Nor were they offering praises unto God. And so what has happened, unfortunately, to many folks have now, we have substituted spiritual koinonia with general fellowship. So anywhere we go where other people are gathered, we think that's it. But that's not koinonia. Koinonia is when the believers come together around the apostles' doctrine. Koinonia is when the believers come together and start lifting our voice in praise unto God. Koinonia comes when the people of God, the believers gather and pray unto our God. And my people, which were called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. Then, are you with me? Here, get this, I'm finished. Give it to you right here, I'm at 47. So, praising God, we miss this. He said, not only are you praising God, but having favor with all people. We no longer, talking about believers, now allow God to do it. Now all of us, we do it. And we do it in and by the connections we have to the world. Everybody is making moves. Everybody is, 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 is getting up the corporate ladder. Right? But let me tell you something. If someone does a favor for you, do you know what they expect in return? They expect and are looking for a favor from you. And it's called the big payback. But when you stand on the Word of God, and you stand, we just sing a song in the old church called Standing on the Promises. Standing on the promise. When you just stand on the promises of God, in the cornea or the fellowship of believers, 
and you allow God to do it. Look at somebody and say, you don't owe nobody nothing. <laughs> you ain't got to pay back nobody but God. <laughs> and we pay him back <laughs> with our praise, our worship, our joy. Because if it had not been for the Lord, Here's the witness. Anything that I have. I, I hear this song. I finally got a playlist in my car. Finally. My kids and everybody laughed at my car for so long. Because all I had was AM, FM radio and CD player. I finally got a car. I got Bluetooth and all that. I finally got a playlist. And one of the ladies, one of the one old church, an old church lady singing this song. I love it. Her song is called Anything Good that ever happened to me, God did it. You gotta Google it. That's on, that's, it's in my playlist. It's in the car now. She said, no matter what it was, if it was good, God did it. And she said, and she goes on to sing the song, said, I, 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 God did everything for me. That's my, my only response is to what? Do everything, what? For Him. Because everything that's good that ever happened to me, God did it. It didn't happen because of who I know. It didn't happen because of the school I went to. I'll tell you a secret. A lot of people, a lot of people, oh, oh Pastor Ford, he went to the University of Penn. Anyone ever ask me how I got in the pen? Jamae got in because she's smart. Jordan got in because he's brilliant. Guess what? Your pastor is neither. But I still got in. You know why? God did it. That, look, the Bible said they had favor with all anything they needed. The people, watch this, outside the fellowship provided it. Because when you have cornea and people see it, they say that's different than the ball game. Yeah, I don't feel that when I go see the Sixers and watch him be. Yeah, we get excited, but it's not that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, when I go watch the Eagles, it's cool, but it's not that. <laughs> what you guys got is something different. And I'm here to tell you it's called cornea. Look at somebody and say cornea. Here it is. I'm finished. I'm finished. Let me get to it. Praising God, they got favor with all people. Here it is. What's, what's the important word? Look at it. And there it is again. Now this side's gotta be true too. Gotta praise God. You gotta have the favor of God. Now this next part is also true. It says, and the Lord, not you, not the pastor, not the deacons, not the, but the Lord. Are you with me? Added to the church. Look at somebody and say God did it. He added to the church daily. Watch this. Those, you got to read it right. Not who are saved. Are you reading it close? 
but those that are what? Being saved. And how is it that they are being saved? Because when you and I come for cornonia, we bring our family members. And we invite our colleagues and co-workers. Come on and go to church with me. So that one, they can hear the gospel message and be saved. And secondly, so that they can witness and experience koinonia and see that it's different from the rest of the world. And when those two things happen, God does. I wish I had a real church. The text said the Lord added they weren't saved when you're brought. But because of the gospel, because of Cornelia, they get saved. And God, God, God adds. We've gone to growing our church through gimmicks, through programs and events. Might I remind you, the New Testament church had none of that. No social media platform. No outreach ministry. All they had was the Word of God and Cornelia. And the witness tells us the church caught on fire. That's not me. This, that, that's in the Word of God. Read it for yourself. 3,000 here, 5,000 later. Just all because of what? The gospel message. And an outbreak of cornonia. And not only were new converts added, but those that believed grew in faith. They grew in power. They grew in their anointing. All because of the gospel message and cornania. So why am I preaching this method? Because so many of us have drifted away from Koinonia until worship in isolation feels normal. Listen to me, church. Listen. And the devil is gassing you. Every time you do it, he's just spraying you with spiritual gas. And you wonder why you're growing weaker and weaker. Till you get, you finally get to the point where if you miss the online service, doesn't even matter. And he has drawn you so far out of the fellowship. And now 
you are vulnerable to your adversary. And don't underestimate him. Because the word of God tells us what he is. He's a roaring, the king predator, the best killer in the entire. Your adversary is the best killer in the spiritual kingdom. But he cannot harm you if you stay inside the corner near. That's why the good shepherd calls the what? He calls the sheep where? Come unto me. Get in here. Because when you're inside Cornelia, the wolves can't harm you. Not that they're not out there, but they can't come in Cornelia. They can't get into the green pastures. Why? This is where the fellowship of the Lord. This is where the good shepherd stands in the midst of us. So I finally had to do it because so many of you have been asking, when do we open the church up? Pastor, it's not the same. I say, I you, but something's missing. And I just want to infuse your understanding with some theology. What you're missing is cornelia. And it can only be experienced. Watch this. In the house of God, in and among the people of God, where we lift the word of God and our prayers are offered up unto God. That is the only place you can experience Cornelia. I'm going to tell you something. And without it, we are like fruit disconnected from the vine. Have you ever seen a fruit or a flower disconnected from the root system? You just keep watching it. It doesn't die immediately. But what? Week after week. First no brown, then a little brown, then more and more brown until eventually all life has gone out. Now, if my real church would hear, you know what my real church would shout back? My real church would shout back, say, Pastor, that's why Jesus said what? I am the true vine. Good God, I wish I had a real church. I'm the true vine. And if anyone is connected by the cornea, by salvation, that I'll purge them so that they can bring forth even more fruit. But those that have been cut off, and the sad thing, so many folks are cut off and don't even know it. They still think they're connected because I got an online connection. Saints of God is going to take more than that. If what? If we're not to grow weary. So many of us are getting weary in the way because we miss this. How many? And I see some of y'all here. Call me, pastor, this, this, that. 
And I wasn't as blunt as the church mother and just say, come get on your knees and pray. I mean, they just didn't mince words. Get down here and start saying, say, well, I'm broke. Yeah, say, I need a job. Start saying, me and my wife getting aboard. Yeah, get on your knees. <laughs> we'll deal with that after. But right now, you got to get on your knees. You know what I said to a lot of folks? They call me. And how many know I'm a good pastor? So as a good pastor, as a good pastor, I always listen. They go on and on. They go around the mulberry bush. And again, as a good pastor, I interject a, oh, yeah? What? And every time I do it, they talk what? More and they go again. And when it's all over and they finally exhaust themselves in talking, this is what I've told many folks. You know what? I said, I think what you need is to start coming to church again. What you're feeling and you're right, you're trying to define it and you don't know what it is or how it is, or the kids, the husband, you don't, you're just grabbing at straws. God used me as the man of God in life to say what you really need is cornania. You miss being in the presence of God. That's what you miss. And pastor, I pray at home and I do this at home and all that. Yeah, it, it wasn't meant for you to do at home exclusively. You're supposed to get your power shot on Sunday. Look at somebody say, come get your booster shot. You come to church on Sunday to get boosted. And then throughout the week, you add to it. So that you what? You don't grow weary. And that you don't start wavering. But when you don't even come to get the jump shot, the booster shot, week after week, you're just getting wearier. Where Now you got an argument going on with your spouse. Now you done said something to your kids you can't take back now. Now you done done something. You done said something. And that's, and you're thinking it's all of these other things. And I come to you as your pastor to tell you what you're missing, what's needed, is cornania. Come on. Here it is. I'm finished. Here's the whole sermon. David says in Psalms, I was glad. I wish I had a real church. That's the sermon right right there. Not when someone prayed for me. Not when someone came in. He said, I was glad. When they said unto me, let us go unto the house. David said, that's what I was missing. That's what was longing in my life. That was the void. And I needed somebody. To remind me of cornelia. And just tell, just tell me. I, I know I shouldn't be doing it, but I needed somebody. That, how many of you know, how many experiences, you know what to do. You just need someone to tell you to do it. That's my job as your pastor. You already know you belong in the house of God. We were created to worship him. In his house. My job is just to remind you of it. And to give you something fancy to talk about at work tomorrow. What did your pastor preach? Because what everybody's home is doing what? The church hop. They got every message. And so that so that you don't feel you missed out because you were here and 
You only got one message to say, I don't know about what y'all pastor preached. But our pastor preached on Cornelia as the second vital ingredient in the Christian life and journey. And it's the only way to stay connected to the true vine of Israel. If you got it, say, I got it. Come on, if you got it, say, I got it. If you got it, give the Lord a praise. If you're glad you came for Cornelia, give the Lord a praise. If you're glad for Christian fellowship, give the Lord. If you're glad. Let me have it, Khalil. Look, look, I got the Racklers back, so they'll help me on this. This is, we used to sing this song in the old church, right? The mothers would stand up, put their hand on the hip, and they would say this. I'm glad to be in the number one more time. Look, look, look. They didn't have enough theology to know it was called cornonia. All they knew is that something happens in my life. Every time I head back to the house, I'm so glad to be in the number one more time. Somebody give him a praise. Woo! Yes! 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 Cornelia! That's what I need! Cornelia! That's what I want! Cornelia! I got to have it! Touch 
three people and just tell them I'm back. I'm back. Back in the house. Back in the church. Back on Sundays. Back for prayer. Back for praise. Cornelia in my life. Somebody shout yeah. The Bible said Gideon tested the Lord. You really are who you say you are. And if you're really going to do what you promised you would do in Israel and in the life of my family, my kinsmen and my tribesmen. Gideon said, I'm gonna lay the I'm gonna lay the skin out. If you are the God of Israel, cause the fleece to be wet and all the ground around it dry. And the Bible tells us what God did it. And Gideon, like many of us, still didn't believe. And I'm so glad that God is not put off by our unbelief. He said, Lord, now let the fleece be dry and all the ground wet. And he did it again. And he proved himself to be the true God in Israel. And all I'm asking you to do, perform the Gideon test in your life. Come to church. And just tell God this, here I am. I'm just, I'm just here. I don't want nothing. I don't want to do nothing. I don't want nobody to talk to me and I don't want to talk to nobody. I'm just, just here. And see what Cornelia can do in your life. That's your challenge. You got Palm Sunday, you got Easter Sunday, all of these great, just come. And position yourself once again in the house of God. And test what I'm saying about Cornelia. Because I don't want you to do it just because I said you do it. Because if you do that, you'll do it one Sunday and then what? Stop. But if you let God prove Cornelia in your life, out of the midst of the fellowship, guess what? You'll start coming what? Next Sunday? Sunday after that? Sunday after that? Whether the pastor preach or not, you still come. Why? Because it's Cornelia. And you're getting blessed by it. 
You're getting the favor of God put back on your life. Your prayers are now starting, starting to be an answer. All because you positioned yourself in the fellowship again. And not only will you come regularly, watch this, you'll start bringing others with you. Because when they start going to you because they don't have a pastor, listen to me. And so to them, you become a surrogate pastor for them. You tell your church what I told my church. And that what? It's Cornelia. Just come on. Don't worry about this. Wear your sweatsuit. It's all right. Just I'm trying to tell you what you need is Cornelia. And all I want you to just come and experience what God does in and amongst his people. And like Gideon, you too will be convinced of the power of God. Shall we all stand? So glad to see all of you. So glad for all of you that are joining online. But as your pastor, I'm looking forward to the day when all of the seats are filled, when the overflow filled, to where it's once again standing room outside. And I'm trying to tell you, it's nothing we can do. We don't need a program. We don't need a gimmick. We don't need a flyer. All we need is cornea. And once the world sees that, they will give heed to our message, which is what? Be saved. And what? Become a part of this cornea. So tell the nation you have your walking orders. You have your instructions from the pastor. I don't know if you realized it. Called down to the church in the middle of the week. Said, take it down. Take it down. It's time. It's time. No longer needed to preach behind the wall. Let's take the wall down. Because what the people need is cornea. They need to feel connected again. Unity again. Oneness again. Wholeness again. And we find it in Cornelia. That's where we find it. That's when our church grows. That's when we grow. It's when we get connected again to the true vine. Christ, our true vine, to our Heavenly Father, who is the husbandman, the husbandman. Thank you for connecting us again to the true vine. Thank you for purging us, for cutting and pulling back dead branches and dead leaves, so that the real fruit of the gospel might come forth. 
Father, I ask you now publicly, even as I've asked you in private, provoke us and stir us up again to good works. Give us a passion, a love, and a desire for the house of God. That we might commit ourselves once again to Christian fellowship. And as we do that, and as we experience Cornelia, give us favor with all people. And above all, give us favor with you. That we might once again become the apple of your eye, the fruit of your spirit, the offspring of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our prayer. We ask it in Jesus' name. For his sake and his sake alone. Amen. God bless you, Taylor. Amen. Amen. One quick thing for those of you who are watching online, uh, if you have questions regarding the sermon, regarding salvation, regarding church membership, regarding prayer, you can go to our church website at www.taylortabernacle.com. Up in the corner, hit the Contact Us tab. And reach out to us and we will respond to you. Amen. And also, if you can't get to the internet, can't get to the website for some reason, you can always call us at 215-748-4578 and leave a message on the church's line and we will call you back. Amen. Amen. We're now moving to a fun part of the service. It's called offering time. Amen. Amen. And this is offering that can be done for those of you at home and those of you who are here. So let me go through and make sure everyone knows what our options are. You can give by text message. You can text the code TAYLOR61, T-A-Y-L-O-R 61, to the phone number 73256. You will receive a link and instructions for how you can make your offering. You can give through our website www.taylortabernacle.com slash giving and follow the instructions there on the website. You can give by U.S. mail. You would send a check or money order to Taylor Tabernacle, P.O. Box 6309, Philadelphia, PA, 19139. And finally, for those of you who are here in the sanctuary, as you exit out the side door at the end of service and the window sill over there, there's a basket for tithes and offering and another basket for our uh, pastor, for our speaker's offering. Amen? Amen. Um, I, I have here that the pastor is going to do our announcements. I don't know if he, I saw the door closed, so maybe let me cover a couple of things here. Um, are you going to? Okay. Amen. So with that, our pastor shall return. God bless you. I know many of you are saying, look, we already heard enough from the pastor, didn't I? But I wanted to give these announcements, one, because there are many, and two, I wanted to be sure to add my voice to them. Amen? So thank you for hanging in there. We're almost done. just want to go through these announcements, and I want to walk through because I want to make sure we're all getting them. 
the um, as we begin to come back for in-person worship, begin to fellowship again, we are asking you to still take safety precautions. We're asking you to please take your temperature before leaving home. And obviously, if you are sick, COVID or some other illness, we are asking you to take, stay home and take advantage of the online viewing. But we want to make sure that we're staying healthy and safe. So when you do come, we are asking you to wear a mask. And if you want to feel comfortable, feel free to continue to social distance, okay? So I'm starting the hit parade out with a special announcement, okay? Here's the big announcement. The church van will be back in operation beginning next Sunday. Come on, I need more applause than that. Wait, wait, wait. I need more applause from the people who are home who don't come because they don't have a way, right? The church van is back. And we're so grateful about that. And so if you would like to begin to attend worship service and would like transportation here in the west and southwest uh, area, uh, please call our brother Sean Kimball directly if you have his number. Uh, those of you, if you don't have his number, please call the church or contact us via our website today and request a pickup for transportation for next Sunday. You want to be here next Sunday, Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday and Holy Week and all of that. So we're excited to announce that. We finally got the van up and running. So please call and make arrangements for your transportation, okay? April 10th, which is next, well, this Sunday, today, I'm so glad I wanted you to know one of the reasons, one of the reasons I preached as long as I did today is I had to keep preaching until the rain stopped and the sun came out. So every time I walked back and you saw me looking out the window, I was doing a rain check. Because today we got to get in that backyard and finish building these garden uh, flower beds. Amen? And I already know some of you were backing out. Oh, Pastor, it's raining. We can't. No. I kept preaching. I added a couple verses to the sermon just to make sure the sun was out. So immediately following uh, our morning service, so glad our first lady is here. She's leading our efforts in the garden. She's going to be out in the garden. Uh, all We're asking all of our men, our young men, to come out. Hey, special thanks to everyone who was in the garden last week. Thank God for all the men and young men. Thank God for all the ladies who were out in the garden. Hammers and nails. We need your assistance one more Sunday. We just have four more flower beds to build, and we'll do that today immediately following service. Next Sunday, Palm Sunday, Pastor Ford is looking to see everyone along with the First Lady as we will be distributing palms uh, to all that are in attendance on next Sunday. Uh, in addition, following next Sunday's service, we're going to be back in the garden again. We have to get, we will be pouring into the flower beds that we'll build today over 100 pounds of organic soil, okay? Because we're putting the flower beds in, we're not going all the way down to the soil. We're going to fill the beds with organic soil so that later in the month we can plant our seeds in the organic soil. So once again, Norm, we're going to need all the men and young men. we got close to 80 bags of dirt that we're going to have to unload five to six pounds each, bring them into the garden, cut them open, 
and then begin to fill all of those flowers beds. So we're going to need your help on next Sunday, on Palm Sunday. So if you would come and help us with that, we would greatly appreciate it. Amen. Then after that, we're into Holy Week. Uh, and our only activity during the week is going to be on Good Friday. And I want you to pay attention to this because we're doing something different. Please join me and other clergy and congregations from West Philadelphia, and specifically Cobbs Creek. We will be participating in a Cobbs Creek Gun Violence Awareness Day. Okay? This event will take place on Good Friday. It will begin at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It will start at St. George St. Barnabas Episcopal Church, right down the block here. And it will consist of a prayer walk through Cobbs Creek, offering a prayer at every location of gun violence in Cobbs Creek. Okay? We're going to stop at every corner, every house where someone has been the victim of gun violence in Cobbs Creek. Each location, we're going to offer a prayer, and we will conclude our walk at the Church of Christian Compassion. And there, a number of the pastors will have some remarks. Some of the family members of those that have been victims of gun violence will have remarks, and we will have a concluding prayer and a brief worship. And so that is our event for Good Friday. We're not having noonday prayer. We're not having a good evening service because I want to, I want you to give your support to this event. And I want you to do it. Not only is it important, but as a church, we have experienced gun violence. Are you with me? This is not somebody else's church where they got shot. But what? In our cornonia, in our family, in our fellowships, we have lost loved ones to gun violence. So this is not a somebody else issue thing. This has happened to us. And if your ears are to the ground, you're a witness that what? What? Our own block has just recently in, in, encountered what? Gun violence. Okay? So we're, we're doing what we can as a faith community to come together to raise the issue and to develop strategies to keep our families safe, our kids safe, our parents and grandparents safe, our congregants safe as we gather for worship. So I'm asking for your support on Good Friday, 4 o'clock. Join me at St. George and St. Saint, uh, George St. Barnabas Episcopal Church. That'll bring us up to Easter Sunday on April 17th. Uh, myself and the First Lady, on that day we're asking for one hundred percent attendance. So many of you have said, we haven't had Easter. We haven't been able to get there. Well, this Easter we're doing it. I'm calling out everyone. Get on the van. Get on the bus. Roller skate if you have to. Get on a skateboard. But we want to see your face in the place on Easter Sunday. We're also asking that you bring someone along with you. And this is what I want, to, want you to keep in mind for Easter Sunday. We're going old school Easter. Okay, what is old school Easter? The first thing I want you to do 
when you come on Easter Sunday, I want you to dress your best. That's exactly what I expected. We done got so comfortable with sweats and baggy jeans and house coats. Yep, yep, you got two weeks to tighten up, square up, but we want you wearing your... How many remember going to church on Easter? It was a fashion parade. Your mama took the whole month getting you ready and dressed for Easter Sunday because you always wore your Easter vest. So we're going to bring back that spirit in our church. We're asking you not only to come, but dress your best. Amen. That's number one. And number two, really going old school, we are going to be blessed with Easter recitals. When was the last time you went to church and saw kids recite their Easter pieces? Well, we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. We have some great young people who have stepped up to the plate and said, Pastor, I volunteer. I'm going to say an Easter piece. So that's going to be happening on Easter Sunday as well. So we want to do it up. We want to do it big. We want you dressed your best. We want you to come and support our kids who are going to be reciting their Easter pieces that has not happened in a long time. And it's going to want you to just pack the church, not only with yourselves, but with your friends and family. Amen? That's Easter Sunday. Then on uh, April 22nd, which is National Earth Day, I want you to join me over at Bartram Gardens at the Sankofa Farm. Sankofa Farm is an intentionally spirit-centered and African diaspora-focused farm in West, actually Southwest Philadelphia. And they will be hosting a serious conversation on the role of faith and spiritual and spirituality in the work of black food sovereignty. That means having a garden or a farm. Okay? That conversation will be featured on the Word Radio Network and the show on the show called Reality Check. It will be moderated by local black faith leaders and farmers of faith as we gather to talk candidly about some ideals and concerns in terms of black farming and agriculture. Okay? I just said a whole lot. The fancy way, just a fancy way of saying I'm going to be on the radio, a handful of other pastors who have gardens or farms at their church we're going to be on the radio, and we're going to be talking about the value and importance of the work we're doing here in the garden by turning the tide. So if you, can, if you can come, you're going to be blessed by this farm. I had the chance to go see it on Friday. The thing blew me away. It literally blew me away. The radio broadcast is going to take place at the farm. So if you want to come and see it and hear the broadcast live, you can do that. Or you can just tune in on the Word Network beginning at 10 a.m. The show is from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., okay? So that's on April 22nd, Earth Day, okay? So either come and be there with me or tune into the Word Network, okay? Now, concluding, the last Sunday in April, the 24th of April, that is when we will celebrate communion. The reason why it has been pushed to the end of the month 
myself along with uh, Rabbi Strauss of the Mainline Reformed Temple, we were looking for a date that worked for both of us where we can come and celebrate both Passover and communion. Okay? So on that Sunday, April 24th, when you come for worship, uh, the folks from Mainline Reformed Temple will be here. Rabbi David Strauss will be here. And uh, for our morning broadcast, Rabbi Strauss is going to lead us through the Model Seder. I'm going to lead us through the communion service. And it's going to be a, a joint worship service from both uh, religious aspects, from the Jewish religion aspect with the Passover, from the Christian faith aspect with the communion service. So that's just going to be a fantastic time. So get that, get it in your books, get it on your calendar. You're going to want to be out for that. And then the, the topping or the, uh, the cherry on top for that is after service, that fourth Sunday, that will be the Sunday. I'm inviting everyone, come with me to the garden. That's when we're going to plant our seeds for this year's growing crop, okay? We'll have it all ready. The beds will be built. The dirt will be in. That Sunday, we're going to go back. And I want everybody to plant something in the garden, okay? I don't want it to be some. I want it to be your garden. I want it to be from the work of your hand, the sweat of your brow. So we're doing that. Main line's coming. They're going to get their hands in the dirt with us. And we're going to finally get our seeds in for this coming growing season. Amen. So those are the major announcements. Again, I wanted to lend my voice to that and add some uh, some definition, if you will. But you have them. So this month is going to be busy. I ask that you uh, make the appropriate accommodations both on Sundays and throughout the week. Just want to close by the saying, remember that every Sunday we begin at 9.30, not 10, 9.30 with our power up inviting you out for that. Remember that every Wednesday night we meet for prayer and Bible study uh, virtually via Google Meets at 7 p.m. Come on, let's give all the women a hand who's been leading us on Wednesday night. Have they been doing a fantastic job? Thank God for their leadership and what is taking place in our Wednesday night prayer and Bible study. If you're not in, you need to get in, okay? The link is available on our website. So those are all of the announcements. I know it took some time, but I wanted to make sure we had them all and can therefore make sure we make the appropriate arrangements as we go forward through the month. Amen? So with that, I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're going to get you out of here. I'm going to ask you to join First Lady in the garden. Let's get, let's get these uh, flower beds built and ready for the growing season. After that, you can go home, get your hamburger. With, with, with bacon, mushrooms, Kobe cheese, mayonnaise, mustard, ketchup, barbecue sauce, load it up. All right, obviously y'all don't eat like that, so <laughs> that's why y'all are going like, what is the pastor talking about? Father in heaven, we thank you for Cornania. We thank you for Christian fellowship. We thank you for what we experience when we are in your presence. So go with us now as we depart this place but not out of your presence and not out of the covering of your mighty arm. Go with us, stand by us, fight for us. Stand up strong in believers everywhere that we might declare the truth of your gospel and challenge the world to be saved. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name.